It's the Happy Families Podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. I say all the time to parents when I'm talking about social media, you can fence the pool, but you can't fence the ocean. The difficulty, of course, is that putting a swimming pool fence around your swimming pool will only protect your children while they're at your swimming pool. Therefore, they can get themselves into trouble. You've got to teach them to swim. And now here's the stars of our show... My mum and dad. Hello, this is Dr. Justin Coulson, the founder of happyfamilies.com.au. I'm here with Kylie, my wife and mum to our six kids. Kylie, it's Monday. Uh, we're supposed to be excited about a new week. How excited are you? <laughs> I am actually excited. We're really? getting closer and closer to school holidays and I'm, yes. count- I'm on the countdown. Yeah, fair call. Woohoo! Okay. Uh, we need to have a conversation about something quite serious today. Uh, we are going to talk about social media. This is in the wake of, uh, like, I don't know, a week ago, a week and a half ago, some private... Sydney schoolboys from one of the more elite schools on the in the northern suburbs of Sydney uh, were sprung with a whole lot of just breathtakingly, horrendously, awfully, rottenly bad, appalling, abysmal, disgraceful, scandalous content online. Uh, some Tell of us how you really feel about it, huh? <laughs> well, I wrote an article in the Daily <laughs> Telegraph the the day after the news broke about what's going on and, and what. Why boys keep on getting caught up in this kind of behaviour? But there's a conversation that needs to be, to be had because if you're a parent and you've got kids who are of social media usage age or are begging for it, even though they're not quite old enough yet, we need to know how to keep our kids safe and keep them away from this kind of just rubbish, junk, horrible stuff. I mean, it, it's just awful. So that's what I want to talk about today in the podcast. Well, it's interesting that this new story has come up because just recently um, in an article on Forbes.com, they talked about the results of 32 studies and what it teaches us about parenting in the age of social media. Yeah. And what I found really interesting was it acknowledged that it is possible for parents to put guardrails in place to help reduce the preteen and adolescent anxiety and depression that is often resulting from an overexposure to social media. It's not just anxiety and depression, though. When you look at the behaviour of these particular boys and so many others like them, it's completely inappropriate. When, when I read that, it reminded me of that analogy that you've talked about before about the pool. You, talk, you know, we're talking about guardrails. We're talking about putting parameters in place for our children. Mm. And I really love that analogy you share about the pool and the pool fence. So as, as soon as you said guardrails, I thought I should share that metaphor. So essentially, I, I say all the time to parents when I'm talking about social media, you can fence the pool, but you can't fence the ocean. In other words, a lot of parents will say, well, we're fine. We've got it under control because we've got our internet filters and we've got our screen time set up and all that sort of thing. Our kids are going to be okay and we monitor them. We know what's happening. The difficulty, of course, is that putting a a swimming pool fence around your swimming pool will only protect your children while they're at your swimming pool. But as soon as they go to somebody else's house, they go to the lake or the beach or they go to the, 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 the stream or the river while you're camping, whatever it is, there's no fences at those places and therefore they can get themselves into trouble. You've got to teach them to swim. So... Fencing the pool is like having your filters and your monitoring and all that sort of stuff. I know some parents who monitor their children's keystrokes on their on their phones and on their computers, which is just so excessive. And it's still actually unhelpful because the job is not to monitor so much as it is to teach and then work with your children. And, and so that's that's the metaphor. And hopefully that's in harmony with like what with what you found in that article. I think it's really important for us as parents to understand that putting the fence around the pool 
at an early age is an important part of the process. It's age and developmentally appropriate. Yeah, nice point, yes. That we put a fence around the pool. But if we're not able to adequately teach and inform and educate our children, one day they will find themselves in the open ocean Mm. and and they won't have the skill sets necessary to navigate. So I'm the researcher, but let's hear what you've discovered. What are the um, what are these? What was it? Thirty two studies. What are the thirty two <laughs> well, studies? Well, thankfully they us? didn't make me read all thirty three or thirty two studies. <laughs> right. And it really actually was just a, a really helpful um, article and gave three recommendations that we as parents can do to okay. help navigate these challenges. All right, well, we'll link to it in the show notes. Why don't you walk us through it though, and I'll add some commentary <laughs> along the way. So the first recommendation was to know the different styles of social media parenting. Okay. When I first read it, I yep. actually thought it was like, I need to know everything about social media. I didn't see the parenting underneath. Uh, okay. And so I was like, oh my gosh, that's just like such a big long list of things I've got to work out and apps I've got to understand. You've got to get across Discord. You've got to know TikTok. And you got it, to, yep. My mind was boggling until I kind of read the next line and went, oh, oh, I can do this. There's only four. Right. <laughs> so they talk about autonomy supportive parenting. Oh, well, this is my favorite article in the whole wide world then. They talk about autonomy restrictive parenting. Sure, yep. They talk about inconsistent parenting yep. and they talk about permissive parenting. And as I read the descriptions of each of them, I have to admit that you and I have literally been through all four of those at different stages with our kids around social media. All right, so let's talk about all four of them. Uh, where do you want to start? Well, I think we actually start with actually number three and four, inconsistent mm-hmm. and permissive, because I think that that's often where we find ourselves okay. when we're navigating uncharted waters. So permissive means you kind of uh, don't give any restrictions. You don't give any rules. There's no limitations. Hey, kiddo. Uh, I'm going to suggest it's actually avoiding conflict. Yeah, maybe. For most parents, I think when we become permissive, it's actually about avoiding conflict. We want to we want to continue to keep connection with our child and therefore we think that by – not giving restrictions to their behaviour that will actually continue to keep that connection. Yeah, my sense intact. also is that there's probably permissiveness because a lot of parents are like, oh, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to do, I don't know how I'm supposed to do this. It's just easier to go with the flow. Well, well they don't even know what's really bad. Yeah, or, right? or, or even what's going on. So permissiveness is just avoiding the the conversations, avoiding the limits, avoiding the the boundaries and letting the kids figure it out for themselves. Not effective. Not effective at all when it comes to helping kids to stay out of trouble. Those kids that got in trouble recently at that school and ended up being suspended, I would venture, while I haven't had conversations, I think that it would be reasonable to predict that most of them had parents who were fairly permissive in terms of monitoring, being across, knowing what's going on. They they just weren't there. They were absent. Well, and then you look at inconsistent where you would probably acknowledge that there would be a random variation of strictness, permissiveness yep. and on autonomy supportive in there because it's just it's just this random mix. Sometimes we're vigilant and we're right on the ball and other times we just drop everything. Okay, so I'm not supposed to say this, but this is me when I'm tired or when I've been away for a few days and I walk in and I see the kids on the on the devices and I'm just like Right, that's it. I've had enough. Get off. I'm done. What you, I've, I've just, and, and we get cranky at the kids or I get cranky at the kids and say, get off the screens. I can't believe you're still on the screens. And then two seconds later, you walk in and say, actually, they haven't been on their screens all day. I've been monitoring it really well. And um, I've just given them permission to, to use their screens. And so there's that inconsistency between parents. But also, if we're having the conversations and if the rules are f- firmly established, 
then we're not going to have to worry about those kinds of explosions. But sometimes it's okay, sometimes it's not. The kids get confused. So the last two are obviously at opposite ends of the spectrum. We're talking about autonomy supportive parenting, but then there's also autonomy restrictive. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with autonomy restrictive parenting. So this is where there's no uh, consideration of what the kids want. No consideration. So how would you consider that autonomy then? Because they're not able to use their autonomy. Well, it's controlling. Autonomy restrictive is just a fancy way of saying controlling. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you've got permissive, which is zero control. You've got inconsistent, which is sometimes controlling and sometimes laissez-faire, permissive, do whatever you want. But then you've got autonomy restrictive, which is essentially a, 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 a fancy way of saying these are parents who say, hey, my way or the highway you do as you're told, you don't have social media, you've got to be off screens by eight o'clock, you've only got an hour for homework. It's it's really, really controlling. And that will work until you're not present. After the break, let's talk about autonomy supportive parenting. Your daughter just walked by, eyes glued to her phone, expression unreadable. You ask her to put it down, but she balks. You know it's not good for her, but you're not sure why or how to support better choices. In the webinar, Pixel Perfect, I join with psychologist and teen tech expert, Jocelyn Brewer, to discuss how to set screen boundaries that work for you and your daughter. Check out Pixel Perfect now on the Happy Families web shop. It's the Happy Families podcast, the podcast for the time poor parent who just wants answers now. And you made a promise. We're going to talk about autonomy supportive parenting in relation to this social media. Yeah. So any article that talks about autonomy supportive parenting, I'm a huge fan of. There's a whole lot of different parenting styles that are out there. I'm writing a book at the moment uh, and, and the book is all about parenting styles. And the one that I'm making the biggest deal about is autonomy supportive parenting. So I essentially- I have to read the book now. You yeah. tell me all about it. <laughs> autonomy supportive parenting basically says, I want to understand the world through your eyes. I want you to have a, a voice in determining the direction, but I'm going to be present and involved and work with you on creating appropriate structures so that you can be safe and healthy and make wise decisions. Autonomy Supportive Parenting basically says, let's collaborate. Let's figure this out together because I'm the parent and I know stuff you don't and I've got a duty to help you to be safe. But to the extent that I can, I'm going to give you as much flexibility in determining the rules as I possibly can while we work it out and talk it through. That's Autonomy Supportive Parenting. It's vastly superior to all the other styles and um, and it's also much harder. So I literally just had one of these social media conversations with one of our children the other day. She is in her first year of high school and she is feeling extremely hard done by because in her mind, she is the only child in the world who doesn't have a mobile phone at her age. Mm. And so she actually wrote me a letter and was very articulate about how unkind I was being to her in relation to this because she felt really left out. I'm so glad that I wasn't part of this. (laughs) (laughs) And so when I first read the letter, I kind of really got quite frustrated by it until I realised that I just needed to take a step back. This actually wasn't about me. This was about her and I needed her to know that I understood where she was coming from. So after taking maybe more than two or three deep breaths, I was able to have this beautiful conversation with her where I kind of said, let's talk about this. I said, you're you're acknowledging that you're feeling really hard done by because you're being treated differently to everybody else, especially your four older sisters. So let's just take a step back and talk about when each of your sisters received a mobile phone and how their interactions with social media came about. And as we went through that process and I kind of went through each of her sisters and I articulated when they got a phone and when they started paying for a phone and all of those kinds of things, it became very clear to her that most of 
her sisters, it wasn't until they were nearly 15 where they actually got their own phones. <laughs> She's a grade seven. But her mind, what she's seeing in front of her is that everyone else has one and I don't. Mm. And so as I sat there and we talked about it and I said, okay, so if the tables were to be turned right now, I said, and you had your 11-year-old daughter sitting in front of you and she had this dilemma and you understood what I now understand, what would you say to her? And she said, well, frankly, I would tell her that if she would wait till she was 13, she could have a phone. So we've got a 13th birthday coming up in about nine months. Yeah, you've said that she's 11. And oh, she's, she's 12. 12. Yes, yeah, you, You're struggling with that, but, but we know what you're saying. In, in the next 12 months, she's going to have a 13th birthday. And so I just, I said to her, so are you saying, suggesting that you would be willing to wait till you're 13? And she said, uh-huh. And I said, Okay. Well, we can definitely have a conversation about that. And we left the conversation with her feeling heard, her feeling valued and her feeling seen. I left her with hope that we could continue the conversation in the future. Three things, involvement, structure, autonomy, support. That's what you're doing as you guided her through the discussion. And that's why it didn't end up in a a, a tremendous war. So autonomy, supportive parenting is definitely the best way to go when it comes to the kids and their apps and their usage of devices and being involved in their lives. Are we involved? Are we setting up structures that we can all comply with so that the kids know what's safe, what's healthy, what's not, and they buy into it because they're the ones who are making the choice. That's recommendation number one, get your autonomy, supportive parenting style on, baby. Number two and three are actually quite short. It's just they're suggesting that a stricter approach may be better. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. This sounds like a really good article. (laughs) Well, they just kind of suggested that the more active approaches lead to better outcomes and that it means parents use active mediation. So the conversation I had with our 12-year-old, I get it right this time. Yeah, well done. um, Is an ongoing conversation. It's not a one-off. And for the time poor parent, it may feel like – it's a little bit exhausting, yep. but the outcomes are so much more superior. So long than as it's a collaborative conversation. So there, there was a study that was um, published a few years ago in Frontiers in Psychology, and that found that the more restrictive you are on social media, the the more likely it is that your kids are going to show up with some sort of. I'm going to use the word addiction quite loosely here, some sort of a social media addiction, and that's because force creates resistance. And when you're being really authoritarian and really full on, um, it, that works against you. But Permissiveness will do the same thing as well. So it really is about being actively involved in the conversations, monitoring what's going on, having regular interaction with your kids about it. The more that you do that, the more you can set those boundaries together. And and I totally agree. Be strict. Kids, you can't use it until you're at least 13. Social media, that's that's the rules, 13 plus. We want to minimise your access to it. We want to be monitoring. We want to make sure you're only friends with people that you know, that you're only following people that you know. We need to keep you safe. Delay, 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 and safety, safety, safety. And the last one was to stay informed. We need to, invo- we, we need to be involved with the technology. We need to understand how it works and... Um, and be able to offer guidance. Which which really sucks. So I was looking at an app the other day called Be Real. It's the latest thing that everyone's going on about. It's it's kind of like this, it's like Instagram, except it's real. There's no filters. You get a, a message. I think it's once a day. Once a day you get a message and you have to take a photo and post it to the app. And, and it's a, a bi-directional photo. So you know how phones have got a front camera and a back camera? So you hold it up, you take a photo of yourself, and it also takes a photo of what's happening in front of you. So it's a selfie plus a view of what's happening in front of you. And the idea is it's being real because it's saying, well, here's what, where I am and here's what I'm doing and here's what my life is. I mean, 
I can't think of anything more stupid. And yet as parents, we need to stay across the apps. We've got to stay across TikTok. And I don't want to drag my brain through the gutter of TikTok so that I can know what my kids are doing. And Instagram and Snapchat and the list goes on and on. Discord, like how many parents really want to get into Discord and start goofing off in these messaging chats that are just so toxic? But the more we know about social media the more we can have informed conversations with our kids about what they're doing. When you don't know what Discord is, when you don't know what Be Real is, when you don't know what TikTok is, when you, uh, let's go back 10 years, when you didn't know what Snapchat was, you can't have a conversation with the kids about it other than say, oh, I don't like this out of that. And, and the kids don't care what, because they know that you don't know. So we've got to be having intelligent, informed conversation, which means that we've actually got to at least read the apps or watch a YouTube clip where somebody's teaching you about the apps so that you know what you're talking about and you can have useful conversations with the kids. So I guess in wrapping up, the yep. three clear points are autonomy, yep. supportive parenting is going to 100% allow you to have better communication with your kids as you collaborate together. And while it might take a little bit more extra time, your relationship is going to flourish as a result. Yep. Number two is that a stricter approach may be better. Yep. It's just so important that we stick to our guns as parents, work through the process with our children, and we'll definitely get better outcomes again. And then the last one is stay informed. We just need to be across. We don't need to fully involve ourselves, but we just need to be across what's going on in their worlds around social media. I'm going to make one final point. Social media can be a paradise, but can also be a sewer. And as parents, we've got to be able to have those conversations with our kids from a young age because they want to be there, their friends are there, and they need to know that we're across it and that we're involved and that we care about them. So we really hope that this podcast episode today has been helpful as you navigate parenting in the age of social media. During the next week, we've got some really big podcasts coming up, including tomorrow, a 12-year-old that keeps on pushing the boundaries. What do parents do when they've tried to explore, they've tried to explain, they've tried to empower, and everything's backfiring? That's a listener dilemma that we'll respond to tomorrow. On Wednesday, a conversation about birth trauma. And Thursday, uh, Kylie, you know my doctor's desk episodes that you roll your eyes about and groan about? We got feedback via podcasts at happyfamilies.com.au the other day and somebody said was that one feedback it's my they, they, one. They, this person just putting out that one Shanna is her name and Shanna said the doctor's desk episodes are my favourite and we've got one coming up this Thursday it's all to come this week on the Happy Families podcast thanks so much to JR Justin Rowan our producer from Bridge Media for making the podcast sound the way it does and Craig Bruce our executive producer if you'd like more information about making your family happier check out the show notes or visit us at happyfamilies.com.au happyfamilies.com.au